Welcome to the Jewish Philosophy Podcast, a podcast where we interview Jewish philosophers and educators on various topics in Jewish philosophy, theology, and Jewish thought. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and visit www.jewishphilosophypodcast.com for more information. Enjoy! Rabbi Toledano, welcome to the Jewish Philosophy Podcast. The title of this podcast is The Torah idealism, and the blueprints of the universe. So to begin, could you tell us a bit about what inspired your project of looking at the Torah and, and, and as, as the blueprint of the universe and all your different philosophical inquiries? So what, what got you involved with this? Okay, actually, I grew up in the house. Uh, my, I mean, my parents, my father, Allah, Allah was, beside of being uh, architect and doctor in mathematics, he was one of the great Kabbalists of our generation. And uh, so I'm very familiar with terms, from uh, the Kabbalistic terms. And also beside I learned the Kabbalah by himself. And in the writings of the Kabbalah, the writings of Arizal, the Gra, the Ramchal, it is clear <coughs> that there is one-to-one correspondence or relationship between whatever we see as a reality and the Torah as it is as we know it today, it means the Torah, when I, I, when I mention the name Torah, it means the oral Torah and the written Torah. I mean, all we, we know, all what we know about the Torah from our body, yeah, either from the Pshat, the Kabbalah, whatever. Okay, so this is the Torah. So according to what I saw, what I learned, there is a clear-cut correspondence between the physical and the spiritual. And, and it is, this is precisely because the Torah is a blueprint of the reality. So exactly the same as if I see a building and I'm looking for the plan yeah, who precedes the building, so there's no problem if, for example, there is uh, 10 plants in front of me, I can easily determine which one serves for the building of this. Yeah. Why? Because I can see a correspondence between the drawing of the plan and whatever I see in the building. So the problem with, and actually... There is a lot of examples, a clear-cut example in the writings of the Kabbalah of the Arizal, mainly the Arizal. But the emphasis of, of Arizal and other great masters of Kabbalah was not to present a consistent study of this correspondence, because actually they has completely something else in mind to, 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 to describe and to explain to us how the world is built, how the Olamota organized the interrelationship between them, and they just use these examples in order to, illust- to illustrate, yes, how the worlds above are formed. And the illustration is here, because here is, everything is tangible. So by understanding whatever exists here, we can have an idea, although a very remote idea, how, it, how they are organized in the upper heavens. <clears throat> so... I found within myself this virtue that I can uh, fill up the gaps. That means getting involved in a research. For that research, I have to be very familiar with the scientific evidences. I mean, the way how the scientists know the world. Because if I want to establish the clear-cut correspondence between the physical and the spiritual, so first of all, I must know the physical. So in order to achieve that, I had to start to open scientific books. So I went to ask permission from Rabbi Yoshif, and I was very astonished when he gave me green light. Since then, since then about 30 years ago, I started this, this research, and what I found really is amazing. 
Okay, so in 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 two words, if I want to describe or to explain whatever I'm doing, or to also my theories, or in what consists the books that I'm writing actually, is first of all establishing very very clear that the claim of Chazal, Kuchabrihu istakel beoraita ubara alma, must be acceptable must be accepted by any person who relies on logic. Yes, not only Jewish people but also Gentile people. Yeah, so actually my my book is written not specifically to a Jewish congregations all around the world, but 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 more generally to the it is a universal message. So I want to maybe elaborate on this idea you mentioned before of the midrash that um, Hakadosh Baruch Hu was istaklavirayse. He looked into the Torah and ubara alma, and he created the world. So. Um, what does that mean exactly in a very general sense? What does it mean that God looked into the Torah to create the world? How, how did you understand that? And how did that lead you to your um, scientific research? Well, we know, for example, from Plato, yeah, that, that the, the, the world behind our, the world that we observed is a world of ideas. Yes? That by definition, the only thing that according to him that really exists is ideas, something completely abstract, something completely uh, transcendental. And this actually is a reality as it is. The reality as we see, it is our perception of reality. And we cannot confuse our perception of reality with with a reality. A great artist from Belgium, Marcel, what what, what was his name? I don't remember now what's his name. He drew a picture of a pipe. Yes? And he wrote in the in the same picture, the same the same drawing of the same painting of the pipe. He wrote in Fran- in French, "Ceci n'est pas une pipe." This is not a pipe. You could see it's a very very figurative uh, painting. It's well done. You see you see a pipe. So why it is not a pipe? This is not a pipe. This is this is a picture of the pipe. Okay. So you cannot confuse the picture of the pipe with the pipe. So we cannot confuse our perception of the world with the world. Yes, our perception by definition is subjective, but somehow it corresponds to the reality behind it. So maybe let's elaborate on this idea of the reality being different to the way in which it's perceived by our senses. So maybe we can talk a bit about idealism and materialism. And okay, these, these let, let, let's tackle, for example, a human being. Okay, I, I'm sitting in front of a human being, for example, in front of you, and I see you, I observe you. What I see in you is just something physical. I don't see anything else. But behind whatever I see, you know perfectly that I am wrong. If I if if I will, <coughs> I will I will I will I will um, I will I will say to all my friends, I was sitting with uh, Benjamin, yes, and I was sitting in front of a physical system. That's it, I, and 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 you will have all the right on the, the world to say, Mr. Toledano or Abbe Toledano, you are completely wrong. Yeah, behind whatever you see, there is something else. Me, yes, my mind. Yes, with all the content of my mind. This is me. The physical aspect of my body is just another dimension. I mean, external dimension of myself. The self is not my body. Okay? So, but there is no, there is no doubt that there is some correspondence between your physical aspect and, and your neshama and your mind. Because the, the reason that you have this body and not other body is because somehow... The neshama and the body correspond to each other, like the um, kfafa, the kfafa, uh, glove. the glove mm-hmm. and the hand. 
Right. You have correspondence between the glove and the hand. So you have correspondence between the body and the soul. Okay. Now, as far as I know, there is no book except the Kabbalistic books, for example, the book of Ramamashakonaveros Yurkoma, that took it upon himself to establish this correspondence very clearly. But but even the book of Ramamashakonaveros Kordovero is written on the, on, the, on the terms, the Kabbalistic terms, and very, very few people really understand those terms. So I found within myself this ability because I had this um, facility of translating one language to the other. Because what I want to prove, and I want to show in my book, that the, the world, we, as, as we see, is a language. And the, the, and, the reality be, and the reality behind it, which is spiritual, it's also a language. Apparently, the, these two languages have nothing in common, but I can show that can be traduced one to the other. Whatever you have in physicality, you have in spirituality, although in different language. Okay, and and ultimately, what I want to prove and to establish for any person is, but is the following: because if the world that we see it is not the world in itself, it is just our perception. Behind it, you have something which is differently, completely different. Although structurally speaking, there is a continuum, a continuum between the structure of the physical as we know and the reality as physical as we know and the structure of the, of the spiritual reality that lies behind it, yeah, the one-to-one correspondence, I mean, in the structural plan, yeah, so what I want to establish that there's also a one-to-one correspondence between the laws of nature as known, yes, in the scientific books, and the laws of the Torah as is exposed in the Torah. The laws of the Torah, by definition, are the Talmud mitzvot, six and thirteen mitzvot. And according to a midrash, very, very, very clear cut midrash in Parashat Bechukotai, the Vayikra Rabbah said that the laws that we have to follow, to follow, in Bechukotai Talehu, which apparently and not just apparently, which actually are the laws of the Torah, of the Torah, these very laws, yes, have been used. By uh, by Kuchabrihu, by Kadosh Moruhu, to create the world. That means, according to this midrash, there is no doubt that the the, the, the tradition of, of Judaism, yes, is the only theology that claim that its own laws, which are the laws of the Torah, the Torah mitzvot, are simultaneously the laws of nature. Okay, so but what we are going to do with the laws of nature? Uh, I mean, as they are described by the, by the scientists. Lichora, they have nothing in common. The laws of the Torah are spiritual values, divine values. The laws of science are mathematical formulas. So, Lichora, this is spiritual or, 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 or spiritual divine, and this is mathematical. Okay? So, I want to establish, by establishing that the world we live in is not physical but spiritual, I am remo- removing the obstacle that prevents me Yes, to, to establish that the laws of the Torah are the laws of the universe. Because if the reality is, un, is physical and not spiritual, then there is nothing in common, cannot be nothing in common be, be, between the laws of the Torah and the universe. But if the universe in itself, not as we see it, but, but as I can say, it's recognizing itself, yes, or, by, or the way how it, it is seen by Akadosh Baruch Hu, or the way it was seen by Adam Rishon prior, prior he committed the sin, 
all the way we saw it when we weren't present in the Mount of Sinai. So we saw a, we had a completely different perception of reality. So if it can be established, can be proven that this is in fact the case, and it has to be acceptable by any person that use logic, that what we see, it is not what exists. Yes, we cannot confuse the, the picture of the pipe with the pipe. We cannot confuse our perception of reality with reality. Then by this, I am removing the obstacle of, uh, to, uh, uh, to establish the laws of the Torah as the laws of nature. Yes, and the scientific laws are just a pale, pale reflection of the laws of the Torah. So let me summarize just for our, our listeners. I think we've had a lot of different steps there. So I think the first step is understanding that there's a problem here. Because the problem is, is that if the laws of nature are a reflection of the laws of Torah, which is what the Midrash seems to, to say, well, we have a dichotomy here. We have the laws of the Torah being very spiritual and being very divine, whereas the laws of nature are completely physical. So on a materialist account, on, on an account that really there is a material reality there, it seems to be there's no correlation, no correspondence between the physical and the spiritual. That's the problem. However, as hopefully we're going to, we're going to see shortly, if we demonstrate that actually there is no such thing as a material reality, in, in at least classically understood, and there is no um, material world, the bridge that, to gap between the um, laws of the Torah and the laws of science, the laws of nature, is far, it's much more of an easier um, bridge to, to cross. That's the main point we're trying to say. So how do we do that? How do we explain how the reality around us really is just mental or, or spiritual? Okay, so first of all, uh, it's necessary to establish this claim that the reality behind us, the, the, the reality behind our perception of reality is not physical. Okay, so I use a very strong argument to prove that actually, because according to, I mean, in the, in the physical, in the philosophical realm, there are three main schools. The idealist, which claim exactly what we said just now, that the reality behind what we see, it is not physical, but spiritual. Because if it cannot be physical, the only other option is spiritual because we, because we don't know third, third category. So by removing one, you are left only with the other. Spiritual also means mental. That's mental, spiritual, divine, whatever you want. Yeah. Okay, I mean, we're not now entering in, enter into, this, uh, into these details. But it's not physical, by definition. Okay, so this is one philosophical school. The other one, the dualist, accepts that there is two different substance, substances on the world, the physical and the mental. And the third one, the materialist, which most of the, of the scientists and thinkers today yes, hold, that there is no something else apart the physical. Okay, so this is actually the obstacle I had to remove. Okay, so in order to do so, I am using the following fact, evidence. Okay, and, and we'll discuss now the, the perception. Yeah, we perceive the world through the, our eyes, ears, nose, and mouth. Yeah, and also touch. Now, what, what's really happening, happening when I see something? So according to the, in very, in very general outlines, you have the <clears throat> beam of light that's going all around, yes, and captures the information of the objects. Mm -hmm. And this information, which is uh, encoded in the light beams, in the light waves, enters the eye, captures by the retina, and now the information goes through the optic nerve to the, visual zones in the brain, and then somehow you have this quantum blimp, and then suddenly I see. Okay? 
How I hear? Well, very similar. But instead of, of talking about light waves, we are talking about sound waves that enter the, the, my ear, yeah, and then enter its, uh, it started its journey toward the, the healing zone in the brain, and, and then over there, number 20, uh, 41, 42 in the brain, suddenly I hear. And how I smell? Very similar. But now we are not talking about sound waves, but about gases. And how I, t- I taste? This is the same process. Now, we have here a, a, a really a very a, 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 a problem, that, a stumbling block that cannot, cannot, we cannot go over. Because there is something here that don't have any logic at all. Because let's suppose that the light I see now is actually the light that triggers my vision. Okay? That means the light I see is exactly the light that exists outside of me. Let's suppose that this is the case. The problem is that this light, this light once enters my eye and captures by the photoreceptors in the retina, it stops to be light because the light is not entering my brain. When I see light, the brain is not illuminated. It's still in the dark. Okay, so there is no light entering my, my brain. So what enters my brain? The, 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 the visual information is not light. It's just electrical impulse. This is the language that the, all the nerve cells communicate between themselves. Electrical impulse. When I hear a sound, the same happens. The sound doesn't enter my, my, my brain. There is no sounds within my brain. If you put there yes, a, a microphone, you will, not see, you will not hear nothing. Okay? So what enters my brain is an electrical impulse, which is identical to the electrical impulse that have been triggered by light, in quote. Okay? And I want to smell something exactly the same. And I want to taste something exactly the same. So we have a, a problem that there is no way to, 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 to go over. The self or the consciousness is completely within, dwells within the brain. Well, this is a sentence that hasn't got any meaning at all, any sense at all, but nonetheless, this is a way I use to describe where the consciousness lies, in the brain, okay? So let's put it in this way without entering, dwelling more deeply into the sense of this sentence, okay? But Mishkan and Shema Bamoach, according to the Ariza, the Shema dwells in the brain. The consciousness dwells in the brain, okay? And is completely uh, disconnected from the world, uh, from the external reality. The connection is done through the senses. Yeah, the, the, the windows of the soul. Okay? The problem that if my consciousness by itself is disconnected from the world and is in, is in his standby, he's waiting for the information to enter, the information that enter, yes, to, to, and, 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 and make a contact with my, my consciousness, it's not about light, it's not about sound, it's not about smell, it's not about taste. The one language which is the, the one zero one zero like the language of the used by the computers, right. yeah, the electrical impulses, the differences that I see in the external reality between light, sound, yes, uh, smell and, and 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 taste, this difference, I haven't got any access to my to my to my consciousness. So f- from where Ribonosholam, I take the notion of the light. I don't borrow it from the, from the external reality because this is completely outside. Never enter my, my brain. Never, yes, uh, made a contact with my consciousness. So by definition, the, the light I, I see, it is not the light that exists outside me. So what do exist outside me? What trigger my visual perception? I haven't got any idea. And, no, and nobody really have got any idea because we are within our skull 
we cannot go over it, we cannot go beyond the boundaries of our own, own field of consciousness, and therefore we cannot perceive the world as it is by itself. Somehow, unknown substance exists outside of me, trigger my visual perception, and in my mind it is traduced as light. Now, from where I take the notion of the light, not from the brain, because the brain is a homogeneous system. The, the, the sounds of the visual sounds, the, the, audi the auditory sounds, are all, all of them about the same, because the building blocks of the brain are all of them the same. Nerve cells, uh, hormones, neuro, neurotransmitters, neuro, neuro, uh, whatever, energetical impulses. Okay, that is the length. So the brain, by definition, is homogeneous. My, 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 my subjective self. Yes, it's a heterogeneous system because I, ha I have there seeing, hearing, smelling, thinking, willing, all this. So it's completely heterogeneous. And so the, my mind is not the brain. In, I, I am repeating. The differences I see in the, or I attribute to the external reality, let's say that this difference exists in the external reality, but nonetheless I'm not entering, not, 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 um, not uh, captured by my consciousness, because what's entered is always the same. So that means that the light I see, it's not a physical light. The light I see is a notion I, I take it from within myself. The, the light exists as a mental state, or a sub-mental state within my subconsciousness, and when, and when something external, yes, trigger this, uh, this uh, sense, then it's erupt from the, my subconsciousness, cross the border, and suddenly I see light. But the light I see is within myself. Right. And this is actually the reason why I can, I can dream about light, although maybe I am lying in my bed, and around me is Choshech Mitzrayim, <laughs> and still see light. And again, when I see light, that doesn't mean that uh, my brain is illuminated. It's completely shrouded in, dark, in darkness. Okay, so again, so although, yes, for practical reasons, there is no doubt, I mean, I don't have any reason to doubt that uh, there is light outside me, and there is sound outside me. But, but if we want to understand really what is outside, we haven't got any idea. You have a Gemarayim Barachot, such that Oilaim Lainaim Sheroot Veenan Yodot Maendrot. Oilaim war for the eyes who see, but they don't know what they see. Right. Okay? So really, we don't know what we see. Really, we know nothing about, about the external reality as it is in itself. So how does this... Um, anyone with a bit of background maybe in um, in philosophy might recognize some of these arguments coming from Kant and, and specifically related to ideas like causation. Um, and he says very famously that we don't necessarily, there is no causation in reality unto itself, but these are ideas that we implant on reality. And that's how he famously ref uh, um, replies to Hume's argument of against induction. So is this the same idea that we're saying? We're, we're trying to say that our minds perceive something out there. We don't know what this is exactly. Well, it, well I, I, I agree with Kant in, 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 in certain points, but I disagree with him in other points. Okay, because according, well, he, he, he clearly established that the, 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 the world that we see, it is not the world in itself. Yeah, it's a very, very famous term, the thing in itself. Right. The thing in itself is not what we see. For example, if you use the previous example we, we brought regarding... Two human beings are, are in dialogue, yes, see each other. 
So the human, I mean, the, the man that's sitting in front of me, in case you, Rabin Damin, it is not what we see, what I see as physical. Yeah, this is not you in itself. You in itself is a mind. Okay? So, by definition, the word as it is in itself is not the perceived world. Okay? And according to Kant, even time and space, there is no time and space outside my, my mind. Right. This is the only category of, of thinking, of thought that are uh, 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 innate in us, and we, we don't have any option but to project it outside to external reality, and therefore we think that the world in itself is also is running in space and time. But actually, according to him, space and time has two categorical thoughts, I mean, two, two, two categories that are part of our, our consciousness and our mind, and that's it. We cannot, we cannot see nothing except through them. Right. And therefore, we interpret it as yes, causality and so and so and so. But actually, there is no. Okay? So I agree with him on this point, but I dis- disagree with him in the following point that according to him, that according to what I found and according to what is in our tradition in the in books of Kabbalah and the book of Chachamim, there is an objective reality. Poel emet shepulato emet. The word is true. The word is, is, is exists, do exist. Because there are something outside me that trigger me, for example, when discussing the issue of light, to agree that there is light. And any person with a visual perception, with normal visual perception, would agree when, yes, in, in the, during the, the daylight, that you have sun, you have a beam of light, so and so. The external reality is imposed upon us. It is not just as, as Kant's thought that is a projection of, our, of the human Yes, from from inside, outside. No, there is a, re- a reality independent of the observer which impose itself on us and oblige us to see a world. So the world exists. It is not physical. On this point, I agree with Kant. Okay, but there is a reality. Okay, so what I am I am I am negating is a physical aspect of reality, not reality. Poel right. emet. But does this apply to also, um, besides the physical reality, but things like causation? And is there objective causation outside my projection of causation? No, the, 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 the causation is, 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 is this I agree with you, with Kant. So which point do we... Uh, so there is a causation, but but not not on, on the horizontal plane, plane, but from a vertical plane. For example, I want to move my hand and my hand moves. So right. you have here, it's not horizontal, yes, it's, it's uh, vertical, mm-hmm. from my mind to the physical. You have a, a also causality between Akadosh Baruch Hu's, his will and whatever happening on the world. So this causality is true. The, the, the physical causality is, is wrong, it's an illusion, yes, it is a projection, mm-hmm. but not the, uh, the other one. Okay, so that's, that's really fascinating. So maybe let's get back on track to this topic of... Um, oh, so so, 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 so I, I yeah. suggest yeah. Yeah, that we'll give a, a clear, clear-cut example of what I mean correspondence one-to-one between the physical and spiritual. Or in other words, by eliminating the physical, so something else must exist. Okay, so I will, I will give you one example, one among a lot of examples that I can bring, bring out, but this is very, 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 well, easy, 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 easy to, to grasp. Okay, so the main point is the following. By definition, there is a reality behind our perception. And it is, and it is precisely because of this, this reason that the reality can impose itself on us and oblige us to see a reality. But the reality which exists outside of us is not physical but spiritual. 
And the spiritual reality is defined by the Torah. The Torah is a, and, and by the way, the, the Judaism is the only theology that has this, this type of, of claims. That its laws are the laws of nature. That the Torah is a blueprint of, 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 of reality. There is no other theology that has such a claims. Okay, so, so, so let's tackle now the visual perception, but not obvious, obviously, what we discussed before, but something very, a very specific point. Okay. When I see the world, I see it through my pupil. Okay, the pupil is actually a hole in my eye, that through it the eyes, the, the light penetrates the eye. Let's, let's say that the light exists. Okay, whatever exists outside, I don't care now. And, and, uh, and that's it, and captured by the photo, by the retina cells also. Now, what is the, function of the pupil. Yeah, because the pupil sometimes is greater, sometimes is smaller. So it is in accordance to the quantity of light that exists outside me. If you have a lot of light, yes, in the daylight, so the, the pupil con- contract? Contracts, yeah. Contract. If in, in, in dim light, yeah, the pupil... Uh, expands. Expands. Okay. Okay, so it's a very well-known uh, I mean, fact. Now, you have two nerves that are in charge of these two processes. Yeah, you have the nerves that are in charge of... Uh, contracting. Contracting the, the pupil. This nerve, the path of these nerves is very, very, very logic. It goes straight on from the brain to the eye. The other, the other nerves that are in charge of... Expanding. Expanding the, the, the pupil... His path is completely illogical, unless you will see it from the, from the spiritual perspective as it is described by the Torah. But without the Torah, completely out of logic. Okay, start originating the brain as his friend, as his the other, the other nerve. However, it's going descending towards the body through the spinal cord. In the level of the, of the heart, yes, and the lungs, it's... it's, it's um, is making an exit is going outside to the peripheral aspect of the body and climb back towards the, the, the brain, enter again the brain and then goes to the eye, to the pupil and yes and, and, and connect to, 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 the, to, the, to the muscles that are around the pupil, yes in the iris, and open and, and, and expand the iris, the, the pupil. Now obviously the question arises, I mean, what, what is looking for? I mean, why, why you have to descend? Go straight on to, 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 to the objective. If we will ask any scientist what is the reason for this path, he will say, listen, the only reason because this is how the DNA is programmed. And because the DNA is in charge of the development of the body, so therefore this is actually what the, the, the nerves does. And then we will ask him, but wh- why is the DNA is programmed in this way? Finished. There is no more answers. Yeah. Okay? But now... Let's tackle this evidence or these facts from from the, from the perspective of the Torah. As I, men, as I mentioned before, there were two points in history where the Jewish, the, where the, the men or Jewish people saw the reality as it is, reality as it was created by Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Adam Rishon prior to the sin, he was so he was seeing from the, one extreme of the world to the other, whatever that means. It is not the issue now. But the world was transparent. He didn't see a physical reality. He was living in Gan Eden, in, the, in heaven. And heaven, by definition, is not a physical reality. When the person ceased to exist, he passed away. His neshama goes to Gan Eden. It doesn't mean to say that he's going to, to Capri or he's going to Hawaii or whatever. <laughs> yes, yeah, so Gan Eden is, as Ramchal says in his book, Adir Bamarom, 
the heaven is a primut haolam. Yeah, the... How is it primut haolam? פנימיה,דפ,פורסנסה,נורמל. And then also in Harsinai, that we, we achieved the level of Adam Rishon prior to the sin. Also, the Kol Amorim et Akolot, the people saw, yes, the voices. The Atahor et Aladat Kishem Elokim, we saw with our, with, our, with our eyes that Hashem, Yud Kevavke, is Elokim, are one and the same. That what is beyond the reality and what's inside the reality are one and the same. So all this is adhered clearly to the idea that the perception of the Jewish people in Harsinai was completely different from our perception. And then because of the Cheta Hegel, again, we lost this perception. Okay. Now, what we have to do to um, regain. regain this perception? Very simply, to fulfill the Torah mitzvot. Okay, but the Torah, yes, all what we have to do in our world, in, in our life, is actually... Um, um, ושבותיהם This is the only truth that Hashem will give Hashem but this is only the first step the second step I have to internalize it within myself now what will happen if I will I will I would I, will, I could follow I could I could um, take this mitzvah this this and and bring it out to the reality mean to to fulfill this mitzvah in full then I Yeah, I will regain the same perception as has Adam Rishon and as has Jewish people in the Mount Sinai because I'll become pure again. Mm-hmm. Yes? If I fulfill the Torah without any concession, I mean, all the Torah, all the mitzvot, without any, 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 this is too, too difficult, blah, blah, blah. No. Yes, I will, I will, I will be 100% loyal to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and I will serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu as he, he wanted me to serve him. Then I will be able to see him again as, as, as it happened twice in the history. <clears throat> Now, according to Hazal, this world is, is called Olam Hazal Domele Choshech. Yes, it's an obscure world. It's completely shrouded in darkness. Olam Abba Domele Yom is like the day, because over there, it, everything is clear. Today, nothing is clear. Yeah, we, we're completely blind. We don't see reality. We don't, we don't, see what, we don't know what to do the next, next step. We have to, to consult Shulchan Aruch, blah, 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 but we don't see it with our proper eyes. So, 
So what we have to do in, in, in this world that is shrouded by darkness, what we have to do in order to see again HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Very simple. To learn and to bring it out to, yes, to, to descend this knowledge, to this, this piece of information that we have in our brain cells, we have to bring it down to the level of the heart. And then and only then we'll be able to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay? So this is exactly what, what the, 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 the nerves that are in charge Yes, allow us to see in darkness. Do yes, in, in, in order in, in order that we will be able to see in dim light in the dark, in the dark world. What the nerves that will allow us to do to do so? What he, what is his path? He's starting in the brain, going down to the level of the heart, and then uh, makif, and then surround one of the uh, brain, um, heart arteries, and then only goes back to the to to to, to the head and ponens. And, and going to, and, and to the pupil. Why it is so? So if you will ask this question and you will try to answer it in physical terms, there is no way. Because maximum you can, you can go, yes, to the deepest uh, system we know, to the DNA, and to explain that the, the, the nerves has this path because it is programmed by the DNA. The DNA is programmed this way. But then you will ask, how? And so, but why so? Why the DNA itself is programmed in such a way? And here the, the answers finished, stopped, you don't have any more answer. But one, once you, you, you tackle this issue from, a, from, the, from the divine perspective, from the Torah perspective, so there is a definite answer. That's very interesting. So okay, that, that means, in other words, in other words, let's say that I am a, 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 a surgeon, yes, that I'm doing, I have a person, I am operating him, and I see in front of me this nerve which is in charge of opening up the pupil, of, of, of um, Expanding. Expanding the pupil. And, I, and let's say that I am very familiar with philosophy, very familiar with physics, blah, 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 and I know perfectly that whatever I see there, this nerve doesn't exist really. It's a subjective perception, like anything else. But some, something must, must exist there. So what do exist there? In my mind as observer, this is traduced as a path of this nerve. So there, by definition, there is a reality behind what I see. In this case, it's a very clear-cut one-to-one correspondence between the nerves at his, at, as it is seen by us, as a physical nerve, which is, which is following a very, very clear-cut uh, path, right. descending and then ascending again, and what's described the Torah. In order for us to see in the dark world, to, in order to us to see HaKadosh Baruch in our world, we have... To uh, started by 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 having information in the brain, and that this information cannot be sta- can cannot stay there. Have to descend to the level of the body. The body has be has to be involved in the process. So let me try and let me try and repeat that point. I think it's fascinating. So you're you're saying that there's a concept, there's an idea. There's this concept called you should know Hashem and think. Now that's the reality. That's what's really there. The law of it's a law of God, as it were. Yeah, yeah. It's a divine command to, to know God and the reflection the manifestation the manifestation of what, what we can perceive of that meaning physically is the the, 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 the journey of the um, impulse that's fascinating so I'm saying so, so you're saying that every single object and every single um, feature of nature can somehow be paralleled to commands a command a, 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 a cross section within the Torah well just as I'm, as I'm going through this in my head, I'm thinking, um, w- 
we're sort of turning to the, the human body. We're turning to, na- let's say, the human body for a second, the nature. And we're trying to say, well, we don't really understand how a certain feature of our body works. We don't know why it does this. So we can explain it through the Torah. We're not saying that we've exhausted the explanation because there very possibly could be another scientific explanation for that as well. No, no, no there cannot be. There cannot, cannot, cannot be. I mean, Is it impossible? T- today, today all, all whatever we know about the body, yeah, ultimately it's reduced to the DNA. There is no other mechanism. But could there never be, in, could in the future we maybe discover another scientific law which explains why it goes up and then down? I mean, scientists might just simply say, well, it's just a feature of the DNA that is not yet explained. Not that it's unexplainable, but it hasn't been yet explained. I mean, yeah, I mean, you always, you always can, can, can rely on the future, the unknown right. future. Right. Yeah, I wrote, you know, it's very, very good. <laughs> right. But why to look so far when you have the expression right, right, right hand? Right, 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 right. Yeah, and, 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 more, and more when you take into, into account that the Torah is, is unique, well, in, 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 in countless points, but it's unique also in the sense the Torah doesn't uh, afraid to claim that me, my, the Torah, is a reality. Right. This by itself, I mean, it's, 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 it's amazing. Yes, it's, it's astonishing. There is no other theology that, that has the chutzpah, yes, <laughs> to, 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 to come up with this type of claims. Right. So why, why to look far away if you have the, the explanation here right away? So, I mean, I've, I've looked through, you very kindly gave me the manuscripts of one of your books, and I was, I was looking through it particularly towards the end, because I think that's where you sort of give some of these examples. Um, and I noticed that there's a lot of um, discussions on contemporary quantum physics and, and how all of those different details um, are related to... Rest. So, so you, you think that science today, science as it is in the 21st century, science is 2000 and... Where are we? 2022... Um, can be explained entirely, entirely using the yeah, laws yeah, of entirely. Right? I mean, obvi- obviously, I cannot explain anything because actually, this is this is a project of lives, not lives. not right, one right, life. Right, right. I just opening up a new a new way of thinking. Thinking about things. Yeah, I am as far as I know, I am pioneer. I mean, I, and no, right. nobody use is it. Well, this is, as a matter of fact, this is a fact. Yeah, right. no, 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 nobody use this this line of thinking. And 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 uh, and yes, I mean, I mean, the, the, the examples that I have, uh, uh, I, I mean, I have a lot, of, a lot of examples that after you you see the examples, there is no doubt that this is the case. Right. Because if you if you hear one example or you read one example, okay, maybe you know, maybe the mikre, mikre chance, chance. But one after the other, there is no, there is no, there is no doubt that it is consistent. And this. Once you take into consideration that there is no way to escape the conclusion that the reality we know it is not the reality in itself, and in addition that there, there is must be a must be a reality that is that imposes itself upon our, our perception, but where do you do, where you are looking for it? Where do, can you find it? So just go to the Torah because Torah said I am the reality. Right, right. That's fascinating. Before we actually finish up, I would like to say on, on a personal note um, how I became in contact with Rabbi Salazarne. So. It's almost um, ironic in a way. I, I, I'm actually his neighbour. I'm lucky enough to be his neighbour. And this is the first interview that I've done. We have now 11 interviews, but none of them have been in person yet because of corona and because of various things. And um, just to tell the listeners, it, it was a fascinating story. Um, we were invited very kindly by the Toledanos for a Shabbos meal. I didn't know that Rabbi Toledano was a philosopher. I don't think he also knew that I was interested in uh, a philosophy at all. 
And um, I really think that any listeners who are fascinated by this topic, everyone's got, you know, most people hopefully listening to the podcast have an interest in science and philosophy and how they interact with Torah. So for all our listeners, I highly recommend um, Rabbi Toledano's book. It's not printed yet. No. When do you think it will be printed? I don't know. It will be in two volumes. The first volume, hopefully, I hope that we'll finish it in a few months. A few months. So Rabbi Toledano's book will hopefully be out soon. Um, this is hopefully going to be one of a few interviews because there's lots to talk about. You mentioned something about free will. Maybe we can do another interview on free yeah, will. Yeah, session. Yeah, session. Lots to talk about. Okay, so Rabbi Toledano, thank you so much for joining You're us welcome. today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. <coughs> All the best. Shabbat shalom.